on the um, season five week 14 ostensibly a baseball podcast ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening to us this evening tuning in from champaign illinois my name is joel with me tonight as per usual are sam and eli fellas how's it going hey joel this is sam i'm broadcasting coming out of brooklyn new york as usual uh and I just saw the first mosquito of the season just now. So that was a bittersweet moment because I like summertime, but I hate mosquitoes. So bloodsuckers. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, everyone? This is Eli coming at you from Boston, where uh, we just came out of a, a crazy spell of rain and. Uh, after which I've discovered that I have a hole in my roof. So dealing with that, hopefully I'll stay dry through this podcast. Yeah, well, the weather has been lovely here in Illinois. I think, though, to your point, Sam, about the mosquito, the nice weather, you know, we just got out of the wintertime, and then we get, like, what, like a week of nice spring weather, and then, bam, 90 degrees and covered in mosquitoes. Yeah. Yeah, the mosquito is really like the New York Yankees of the insect kingdom. I think. Yeah, twenty-seven rings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just really annoying, and everyone hates them. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening. Uh, be sure to check us out on all your social media platforms: SoundCloud, Apple iTunes. Give us a rating and review. We are on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Check us out on all those. Dump on the ump. Um, This evening's episode, it's what we call the B-Block, or midweek episode, where we try to stick to one topic related to sports. And tonight we're going to try something. We're going to talk about the MLB season of 1969. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. That was 50 years ago. Celebrating the 50th anniversary. I don't know about you, but on my TV, I've been seeing all sorts of TV specials. I guess the New York Times is doing a special celebrating the 50th anniversary of 69. You all remember it. You know, we had the moon landing. We had Woodstock. Summer of Love. 67 was a summer of love. Was it? Yep. 67 was summer of love. Google that. 69 was Woodstock, though. Um, The moon landing, Richard Nixon back again. I'm just trying to remember the song to that Billy Joel lyric. uh, Lyrics to that Billy Joel song. But also, it was a very interesting and, in my opinion, important season in Major League Baseball. The number one reason why I'm going to bring this up and there are a couple other reasons also, is that it was the first year that MLB split into divisions. Um, Before that, I'm getting a call. Before that, 
had only the American League and only the National League. And so this was the first year that there was an AL West and an AL East and an NL West and an NL East. And this year also MLB added four additional expansion teams. Those teams were the Kansas City Royals, the Seattle Pirates, the Montreal Expos, and the San Diego Padres. All of which exist with us in some form or another today. Um, I don't know. So, like, you know, like, we talk a lot of smack about the San Diego Pods. Of Milwaukee. Of Milwaukee, right. Now, little did we know, or maybe you knew this, the Seattle Pilots, they had exactly one year in Seattle that season, 69. And then they moved to Milwaukee and became the Milwaukee Brewers. Huh. Yeah. So both the Brewers and the Padres had their uh, birth this year in 1969. Huh. So they're like a Jamie and Cersei Lannister sort of incest thing. Yeah. No, they are definitely twins. Huh. Well... I think that's really interesting. So uh, when did the Mariners come into the the existence? The Mariners came into existence. It was either 1976 or 1977. And that's an interesting story. So before this year, Kansas City actually did have a baseball team. Kansas City had the Kansas City Athletics, who had been formerly the Philadelphia Athletics. But in 1966, the owner of the Athletics moved them from Kansas City to Oakland, becoming the fourth and, at that point, final baseball team in California. Because of that, the people of Kansas City were royally (laughs) pissed off. (laughs) And their senator, Stuart Symington, threatened to sue Major League Baseball unless they opened a new franchise in Kansas City. And so that's how you got the Kansas City Royals. And I bring this up, like, I've been kind of reading about this all week long, and I'm really fascinated. We talked a little bit about this, Sam, in our um, episode about the American Alliance of Football, right? Baseball has this protection, this exemption from the Sherman Antitrust Act. And every legal scholar that I've read about is like, it's totally absurd that they get this exemption. Like, it doesn't actually make any legal sense that MLB has this monopoly on baseball. And because of that, cities can use the threat of litigation to kind of blackmail Major League Baseball into opening franchises in their towns. And that's what Kansas City, Missouri did in 1969. They said, through their senator, Symington, that you are going to start a new team in Kansas City or the Senate is going to start looking into whether we need to get rid of MLB's exemption from the Antitrust uh, Act. Hmm. So are they the Royals because he was a royal pain in the ass? (laughs) No. Coming strong with the puns today, boys. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) They're the Royals because of... Uh, some kind of 
fuck, I forget. Well, I don't know where the tab is. It's got something about uh, the the cattle industry in Kansas City, and that every year there's the Royal Cattle Show, and that was the one thing that the people of Kansas City, Missouri, were proud about and decided that they needed to name their baseball team after. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's pretty lame. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, Kansas City Royals, they're a pretty awesome... uh, I don't know. I really like that franchise. I'm mad at them right now. They've got the blue and the gold and the, like, you know, monarchy theme going on. Huh. And here's the other thing, and I I don't know if you guys have any insights to this, but they're by far, of those four franchises, like, none of those four franchises have been particularly successful at baseball. But the Royals have probably been the most successful. What were the four teams? The, the Kansas City Royals, the Seattle Pilots, who are now the Brewers, uh-huh. Montreal Expos, who are now the Nationals, Nationals, and the San Diego Padres. Oh, yeah, by far. Kansas yeah. City, probably. Which I think is very interesting. Like, that's a small market team. Right, they went to the World Series twice in a row recently, and won yeah, once. Yeah, won, and they won World Series in the '80s also. So, so you have these four new baseball teams, and then you've got the divisions, right, which doubled the number of teams that could go to the playoffs. And this is something that I think really changed baseball in 1969, and continues to stay with us today. Okay. Your least favorite team, the New York Yankees, right? Uh, they've right. won twenty. They've won twenty-seven championships, right? Twenty yeah. of those twenty-seven World Series were before nineteen sixty-nine. They were all from nineteen oh three to nineteen sixty-eight. Since nineteen sixty-nine, in the fifty years since then, the Yankees have won seven World Series. So they've gone from basically winning a third of all World Series before the Divisional Era to winning seven of the last 50 World Series since the Divisional Era. And my hypothesis, I don't know if you agree with me or not, is that adding more teams and breaking the leagues into divisions uh, spread out the talent more amongst different teams, and then you created the... ALCS and the NLCS, which, get, you know, creates essentially what's a crapshoot for getting into the World Series. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably true. And you see this happening in other sports um, where the more opportunity there is for tournament, I think the better for the sport, right? Because uh-huh. up until this point, it, was it just a lead up to the world series, which is best team from each side. Yep. Yep. Right. So what's better for fan bases than feeling like they have a shot at winning it all, even if they're not the best in the league. Right. Like that makes it more interesting for everybody involved. And you see that sort of happening in real time right now with the college football 
postseason, right, where there are all these bowl games, uh, and it seems like every team in the whole country nowadays goes to some sort of bowl game. Yeah. <laughs> but they are having sort of this mini four-game playoff championship series, which I think is much more interesting than just having the best two teams play in the Rose Bowl or the Orange Bowl or whatever it may be. Yep, I agree with that. Um, so a, a wise move, even if it was born out of trying to save their own necks. Yeah. Well, so it's like, but you can go too far with that, right? Like, look at the NBA and their playoff structure where True. just about everybody makes it to the playoffs or more than half of the teams in the league make it to the playoffs. True. And the playoffs are fucking terrible. Yeah. True. But well, I don't think that the MLB has gone that far. Right, right, but they, like, added the new wild card team. Yeah. But that's not terrible. I mean, I don't know. I It, it doesn't feel to me, like, it feels much more exclusive making it to the MLB playoffs than it does the NBA playoffs. And it, it feels like it's a lot more difficult and the regular season is I don't I don't need to say it feels more important. It is more important than the NBA playoffs because of the amount of teams that actually end up making it. Yeah. Well and baseball depends on a long regular season and then a relatively short playoff season. Like like baseball part of it is supposed to be the chase what was the chase for the pennant, right? And now it's chase for the division i guess right but you start looking at you know games behind in september and and that's the exciting part that's you know your instead of a large playoff tournament you've got the division races right yeah and that fuels into sort of the beauty of baseball right because what you have is unlike any other sport i feel like Baseball requires a level of balance where you just can't get too uppity on things and you can't get too down on things because you're pretty much trying to persevere through such a long 162-game season where pretty much what you're looking for is consistency and then making a push perhaps late in the season or just, you know, winning more games then you lose over a 162 year game season and and then you have a really good shot at making it into the playoffs with this breakdown of divisions yeah uh, it would it i i think it would be tiresome as a fan if if it were only two teams that were going to make it because you would be able to tell probably around july whether or not you were going to be in the going for that yeah yeah well, and the wild card also makes it pretty fun because uh, you have teams, you know, like uh, in the AL East last year where the Yankees and the Red Sox both won more than 100 games. and But there are teams, there are divisions where it's like there's one team that's so much better than all the other teams. Like the NL West a couple years ago when the Dodgers won all those games. And then, but there are teams still within that division that they have something to shoot for, even though they will not win the division. 
Like what? What are they shooting for? The wild, wild card. card. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's actually why I like that MLB has added the the one play the one game wild card game uh, oh. because for one reason it's exciting, and the other reason is it actually you get that penalty for being a wild card, so you get a bonus for winning your division. Your bonus is you don't have to play that one winner take all game. Which I think it should it should be a three game series minimum. You think it should be? I will, yeah. I feel There's not a one-game series in all of the entire baseball season right. and never has been since the beginning of baseball. And then in 2016, they're like, oh, sudden death. They're using sudden death to Major League Baseball after 150 <laughs> fucking years. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I do like I do like how baseball does the five game best of five game series in the first round that's unlike other major league sports which yeah. seem to follow the seven 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 uh game series in in the playoffs and i i feel like you know i feel like it it adds like a level of pressure and excitement as pressure for the baseball players and excitement for the fans where it's like you're here now you have to perform at peak level just to get to the next level. You know, it's yeah. like, it's now or never. Like, perform now or get the fuck out. Well, the NBA, used their first round used to be best of five. And I've had a couple of arguments that they should go back to that because so many of the first round series have been blowouts. One thing that I've read that I think would be really interesting is... In NBA, you keep the first round best of seven unless a team goes up 3 nothing. If you go up 3 nothing, series over. Oh, like skunking someone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd I, be cool. Yeah, yeah. That's not a bad idea. I just, I like the idea that you can be really good and then get beat by a lesser team in the playoffs because they perform better for three games than you. Yeah. And that, like, speaks so much to baseball in general, where you can be a dominant team but then lose to a, a shitty team in a series just because you're slumping, you know? And that team's performing. Right. It's just timing, you know? And I that know. strikes me as a particularly baseball thing, where teams get hot and teams get cold, and right. there's not much you can do about it. Well, and also the playoffs are completely are kind of different than the regular season also because of pitching, which is not something that happens in any of the other major sports. So a team that like in general scores more runs is at a disadvantage to a team that scores fewer runs because one team has better pitching than the other team. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're going all out, whereas you're not preserving that pitcher anymore. Because right. you're like, okay, we've been managing your pitches all year round, and now you're going to throw as hard as you can for as long as you can, because after this, bud, you can sit on your ass for three months. Right. And that's what we saw with Evaldi last year with for the Red Sox, who had just come back from Tommy John surgery and probably is going into surgery right now 
because of the way he pitched in the playoffs. <laughs> he's got some bones that are loose that need to be removed. Loose bodies. Or loose bodies. Loose, body. loose bodies. Yeah, yeah, that's so gross. You've got loose so bodies gross. inside of you. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. He's, like, got a bunch of, like, little dudes from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, we like need he just made that. a bad deal with the mafia, and now they're, like, stashing bodies in his elbow. <laughs> uh, Can I, I say something about 1969? Yep. Yeah. So that during that year, the Mets were the World Series winners. And the I'm just reading about them on the New York Times, which is doing like a commemorative series to that team. And um, there is a pitcher for that team named Tom Seaver. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. He's like one of the biggest Mets heroes. Like he's always there. He's always comes up in like the Mets trivia on the board. It's like which pitcher did such and such, you know? And then it's like four Mets pitchers. And so is Tom Seaver, like every single time. <laughs> well, listen to this stat line. Cause I just, I like read it and had to read it again because I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so in 1967, two years before 69, he was the rookie of the year, which we know, I, I don't know what it was like back then, but today you don't see pitchers win rookie of the year often. Right. But- that just doesn't really happen that much. Um, so two years later in 69, when they won the, went on to win the World Series, he went 25-7 and seven uh-huh. with a 2.21 ERA and 18, I repeat, 18 complete games. Damn. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and it's kind of an accident. That, it's kind of an accident that Siva was even on that Mets team. He uh, he was at he played college ball at USC and he had actually originally been signed by the Atlanta Braves, but MLB voided that contract because he hadn't used up his college eligibility yet. Really? Yeah. Huh. So there used to be a college requirement back then. Apparently so. Interesting. That is interesting. You know uh, another pitcher who was on that '69 Mets team. Jerry Nolan Cooper? Ryan. Oh. Yeah. Damn. But damn, he played for a long time. Yeah, he was 22. Yeah, I think that was his rookie year. Uh, he I, came I, in in long relief stint game three of the NLCS and saved and a save in the World Series. Yeah. He was traded they, in the 71 season. Right, they beat the Braves in the first ever NLCS. And then in that World Series, they beat uh, Baltimore. And that was considered a big upset. The Orioles, that, this year, 69, the Orioles went 109-53. and 53. Fun fact about that also is that in the Super Bowl, the Jets, the New York Jets, beat the Baltimore Colts. Oh. Hmm. Huh. So that was, a, that was a big year for... NYV yeah. Baltimore. Someone look up who won uh, the NBA championship that year. It might have been the Knicks, honestly. I don't think it was. I think it was the Celtics. Um, can I just go back to Seaver for one second? Yes, please do. Um, 
so 25 wins with a 2.21 ERA or whatever it was, um, and 18 complete games. He won the National League Cy Young Award. Now, that's what your stats are supposed to look like when you win the Cy Young Award. <laughs> not less than fucking 10 wins like his predecessor, DeGrom, who, for some goddamn reason, won the Cy Young last year without winning. He's so more mad about that. They didn't have single <laughs> metrics. They didn't have advanced analytics. How much control does a pitcher actually have over his win-losses? Well, back then, I mean, if you're throwing 18 complete games, oh yeah, more. Yeah. You should win the Cy Young. Yeah. I mean, it, well, it's just that that was back in a time when they all, everyone pitched almost an entire game, you know? Right. So... They got a lot more wins, I would say. I may be wrong about this, but they didn't. The save didn't even exist as a stat in 1969, did it? It says here that Nolan Ryan got a save in the World Series, so it must. Okay, have. so it must have. Um, the Boston Celtics won in 1969. By the way, that's what I thought too. So. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Celtics. Beat the Lakers again. Yeah. A couple other interesting facts about the Mets. So the Mets, the year before, they had gone a mere, uh, where'd this go? They were 73 and 89 in 68. And then in 69, they went 162. So that's a 27-game improvement from 1968 to 1969. And the Mets themselves were a young team. I think their first year was... Uh, 62? Yeah, the club debut was in 1962. Um, yeah, they were terrible. Yeah, they were bad. They were, they, they were bums. And then this one year, they just were really, really good. They were the amazing Mets. And they became, you know, the other thing is that they were filling this hole in New York left by the Dodgers and the Giants leaving. And I guess I could have guessed this, but I didn't actually know that the Mets purposefully picked their colors to get uh, Dodger blue plus giant orange. And that's why their colors are, the, are what they are. Hmm. <laughs> I guess that would be the only acceptable explanation for that, honestly. Yeah. I they, don't, don't look, they don't look very good. Those colors orange blue. Like light blue and like weird orange, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing was the summer in the NL was marked by uh, a battle between the Mets and the Cubs. The Cubs were actually the favorites to win the new NL East that year. Um, and we're leading it through at least July. Oh, no, by mid-August. The Cubs had a nine-and-a-half game lead on the Mets in mid-August. But the Mets swept through the rest of the season. They went 38-11 and 11 down the stretch to catch the Cubs and win the division. Oh, it's intense. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the fan base for the Mets in the 1960s were fucking insane <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> well i don't know that 
it was just like a lot of kooky things, but they were really into banners. Like that was the thing of the Mets fans during the '60s was to bring these huge banners to games. Uh-huh. And the in in 1963, uh, they were playing in Polo Grounds. This was before they went to Shea Stadium. They uh, Jimmy Pearsall hit a home run, hitting his hundredth home run of his career. Decided to run around the bases backwards, which just like. The fans went absolutely berserk afterwards. Um, and then, in, um, what was it? In Oh, and then later that year, the Mets fans invaded Yankee Stadium for a charity during a charity exhibition game <laughs> <laughs> with, with all these crazy banners, with, which were then confiscated. But then I guess they like nearly rioted after the Mets won. <laughs> Wait, so the Mets played the Yankees in a charity game? Is that what happened? Yeah. And the fans just, like, invaded the stadium. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like a fun time to be a baseball fan. So, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, we got to wrap this up, but I still have so many questions. So you've got the Mets, who are a young team, a young franchise, a franchise that until this year had sucked. And then they come out and win the World Series. And then you also have these four new franchises. Montreal had one of the best attendances in the league. Also, this is the first time ever an MLB game had taken place outside of the U.S. borders. uh, Because Toronto wasn't around yet. So what do you need if you're starting your expansion franchise? What do you need to be successful? How come... The Expos are gone, and the Pilots are gone, but the Royals are still here, and the Padres are still here. Well, the Pilots kind of disappeared immediately. Yeah, for crazy reasons. They were playing in a... uh, The first game, their their home opener, they didn't have enough seats. So fans had to stand until the third inning as construction workers were literally still putting seats in their stadiums. Huh. You know, I don't know. I think <clears throat> it's got to be a bunch of things that go right for you. And I feel like your fan base is ultimately going to, is the answer, right? Like, can right. you, can you as a franchise create buzz enough to create a fan base that's going to come and watch you play? And especially back then when TV wasn't such a thing it, right. as it is today in terms of sports, um, that was ultimately important. And I'm sure that there was a lot of manipulation of the press. There was probably a lot of, you know, paying people to be crazy so that it stirred up a lot of <laughs> fandom. Uh-huh. Um, and a place like New York, or, well, no, you're asking about these other places. Well, but compare them to New York. I mean... Well, a place like New York has, you know, you you can do that. You can still do that today where you just sort of like, you know, pay a bunch of aspiring Broadway actors to show up and do something fucking crazy at an event. Yeah. You pay, pay them 20 bucks and it'll be more money than they've made in the last <laughs> few months. So <clears throat> um, you have that ability to sort of fake it. 
Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. You, you need, well, you need New, York, New York also lost two baseball teams. Right. So there was already a fan base that needed a team. Right. But, I, you know, I wouldn't point at New York as like the success story of baseball franchises if they lost their, what, two or three, right? Dodgers and the Giants, at least. And then weren't there the Americans, too, or did those become the Yankees? Uh, the Highlanders became the Yankees. Highlanders. I think that it was the Boston Americans, I believe. Yeah. Let's look that up later, because that's actually a good question. There was also a whole other thing about the Federal League that I want to talk about sometime. So, yeah, this is a crazy year in sports. And, and so the Royals have won two World Series. They still exist. Let me we'll just tell you the, the records of the four brand-new teams in 69. The Montreal Expos went 52 and 110. The San Diego Padres went 52 and 110. The Kansas City Royals had the best record at 69 and 93. Nice. The Seattle Pilots finished 64 and 98. Hmm. Well, not great all around. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, very bad. There is something to be said about being good right out of the gate, right? Like, so this past year in the NFL, there were the LA Rams, and they made it in their second season to the um, Super Bowl. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, one of the things for them going into that Super Bowl against the Patriots is that there were no fans at the game for the LA Rams. It was Patriots home game. It was just a Patriots home game because they didn't exist. Right. It'll be interesting to see next year, because of their success, how many Joels will jump on the bandwagon Yay. <laughs> and, uh, and become dedicated fans. Conversely, you know, the, um, El- the Las Vegas oh, Knights. Oh, good example. Yeah. So they, that, that was an expansion to the NHL last year. And I, I don't know if we talked about it on this podcast, but they did this really cool thing where they drafted, they, they got to draft from all the other teams. So that's, that's an expansion draft. That's pretty standard. Pretty standard. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyways, it was like a bunch of people, a bunch of teams, like third line players, because you got as teams, you got to protect certain players on your team that could not be drafted. And, um, so it was sort of made up of a bunch of rejects, if you will, right. or just not top picks of their teams. And so they were playing with a huge chip on their shoulder and they made it to the finals. Yeah. Now, like not only people in Las Vegas, but people all across the country have jumped on that bandwagon yeah. because they're sort of like the, you know, the, the, underdog team if you will that's been successful so yeah i think it, a big part of it is how you play too yeah and that's interesting too because that's actually a contrast with say new york where okay you've got a city that has had a fan base the la rams i would compare it because la used to have an nfl team where you've got a lot of people they used to have a team and now they've got you've got this pre-built fan base that you can build off of versus Las Vegas, which is a actually a small market team 
that would be just hungry because they have no professional sports. Well, now they get a football team too, right? The Raiders are planning on moving there. I don't know if it's finalized yet or not. Um, so, yeah. So, the 69 season. Go Mets. The amazing Mets. Expansion. Divisions. All these things that we're still talking about today, 50 years later. I would like to come back to this topic at some point. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Um, like, the Expos. That's a crazy story. Uh, there are other... other yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Expos. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening. Um, this has been Dump on the Ump, talking about the 1969 baseball season. Please check us out on all your social media platforms, Apple iTunes. Give us a rating and review. SoundCloud.com slash Umpenhemp. Subscribe to us. And follow us on your social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just find Dump on the Ump. It is not a common name. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Sugar.